Hello and welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we're booksmen. Tom, mm-hmm. you watched a movie. Ah, fuck. What? Oh, spilled you spilled beer, beer all over myself. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> uh, not a great start. Not a great start. <laughs> An auspicious start to tonight's episode. Um. Yeah. No. Uh. I read a book. Like yeah. a cultured little boy. <laughs> what? And then you sat in front of the boob why, tube. Why Why do you refer to yourself as a little boy? What? That's how the world sees me. Well, you said a cultured man. Ah, a cultured little boy. Yeah. A sweet, a little sweetheart. <laughs> Nobody sees you that way. Everybody thinks I'm a little sweetheart. That's 100% they love it. not true. I can provide Everybody's evidence Everybody's always coming contrary. up and going, making kissy noises at me. <laughs> you would hate that. I know that I hate true? it, but, but you know what? Sweetheart doesn't hate anything. All right. I don't know what the hell you're talking about now. Sweethearts don't hate anything. What do you mean? What? Continue your train of thought. I'm tired of hearing about you being a little boy. <laughs> a little sweetheart. We're, we're a minute in and I'm I'm done. I don't <laughs> I want this episode to be over. I read a book called Holes. Yeah, everybody knows. They listen to the other episodes. I explained the show, the book to you on this show. Mm-hmm. And you... Got the smart idea. Hey, I'm going to sign up for Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. The House of Mouse now has an app. Yeah. Application. Mm-hmm. Streaming service. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch Shia, Shia LaBeouf mm-hmm. uh, play uh, Stanley in Holes. Yeah, I didn't sign up for Disney Plus. I, I uh, downloaded a torrent of <laughs> Holes. <laughs> I'm going to pay $7 to just watch Holes. I would rent Holes. No, I didn't do that. I just stole it. Look, the movie came out in 2003. Who's making money off it nowadays? Shia LaBeouf? He's got enough money. The crew? Like who? Who in the crew? The gaffer. The gaffer gaffer doesn't get royalties. The best boy. The best boy doesn't get royalties. The director. Who directed this film? Uh, Probably some guy that got outed as some creep at some point, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's like one of those just like reliable guys, maybe. Uh, it's not like some foot pervert? <laughs> no, I think it's probably just like, ah, we need somebody who's going to just like, uh, you know, make this. Andrew Davis is the director. Jim Davis's brother. Oh, you know what he directed? What? The fucking Fugitive. Oh, wow. Yeah, I take it back. They got an A-list director to make this movie. Yeah, that's amazing. How come he hasn't worked more? He also did Collateral Damage, the 2002 Arnold Schwarzenegger. That movie. Ooh, I saw that movie (laughs) in theater. In in theater. He did a bunch of- um, Under uh, Siege? Yeah. Wait, he did Under Siege in 1992, and then Harrison Ford was like, yeah, come do The Fugitive a year later? And he did Above the Law with Steven Seagal uh, a few years before then. I mean, I don't think Harrison Ford was hiring directors in 93 yet. I'm sure he had final he say. He had some say, yeah. I'm sure. Like, or that th- that might have uh, like convinced him to come on the project or something. No, I think uh, Harrison Ford and The Fugitive, that is a project that he is driving. That's true. He is probably a producer on that. Yeah. Like, that doesn't get made without him attached. So he could have his, his, his pick. And pick of the litter. He directed a documentary last year called Mentors, Tony and Santi, an Andrew Davis fil- film. Two celebrated photographers share their friendship and life's work. And it just looks like these are just like two guys that he looks up to. That's nice. Yeah. But other than that, he hasn't worked much since Holes. He directed a movie called Just Legal. Uh, with uh, with uh, uh, who is that? What's that guy's name? Don Johnson. Oh, uh, it was a it was a TV pilot. Oh, okay, eight episodes it went. And the Guardian, a high school swim captain with a troubled past, enrolls in the U.S. Coast Guard's A school, where legendary rescue S swimmer school. Ben Randall teaches him some hard lessons about love, loss, and self sacrifice. Costner and Kutcher. And teaming Award. up, Seal. Don't forget Seal Award and don't Clancy Brown. He's Clancy Brown. You know Clancy Brown. Man, I think people have turned this off at this point, right? <laughs> this is Clancy Brown. Yeah, I'm looking at him. <laughs> well, why'd you say you don't know him? Because I don't know him. 
<laughs> You've seen him in things. He's in Shawshank. Okay. Um. So you watched this movie Holes. I watched this movie Holes, an Andrew Davis film. I didn't realize that, so I was going through, I'll get to some of it later, but I was going through the IMDb trivia. I don't know if you've ever perused that section of the website. Uh-huh. I love it. Uh, that's That's been the part of the internet that I've most reliably read yeah. since the inception of the internet. Since yeah. I've had the internet, I've never visited... I've never gotten more information from a web page than uh, if I'm looking at a web page, I'm gonna click on that trivia and see if I'm looking at a web page nine times out of ten, it's the IMDB trivia page for holes. <laughs> um originally they hired Richard Kelly to to write the script. Uh Donald Darko? The, I that? believe it's the same Richard Kelly. Wow. Because there's a Richard E. Kelly, but that's a different guy, right? Yeah. And it and it checks out because Rich this guy was fired from the project because he wrote a dark, violent, post-apocalyptic version of Holes. Why would he do that? I don't know, but the studio was like- That seems like the dumb shit that Donnie Darko's dad would be. <laughs> right. uh, did you say Donnie Darko's dad? <laughs> yeah. He's not his dad? No, he's the father of the movie, Donnie Darko. Oh, I see. Um yeah, so he did that, and they were like, no. So guess who they got in to write the script? Louis Sackar himself. Louis Sackar himself. Who knows, who knows the material better? Hey, I who's, who's going to not stray from the material? The guy yeah. who made the material, because he's going to look at the original source material and say, this is all gold. I'll put it all in the movie. Uh, you want to know a couple facts about Louis Sackar? Okay. He's from, These aren't from the trivia page, are they? No. All right. He's from. That's my department this episode. He's a Long Island boy like us. He's oh. from East Meadow. Okay. Yeah, not far. And guess what? Mm-hmm. He's been married to Carla Jean Askew, which is cool. She's part of the View Askew universe, <laughs> I think. <laughs> right. From the twisted mind of uh, Kevin Smith. Uh, but they uh, their wedding anniversary is my birthday. <laughs> That is pretty cool. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> you're welcome. So next year when you're sending out cards for Tim, hey, think about uh, uh, Mrs. Askew and and, uh, and Lewis. And Lewis. Yeah. Maybe so. drop something in the mail for them. Maybe Three, a- when I was th- on my third birthday, mm-hmm. Lewis and Carla Jean got, got married. Hmm. Nice. It's a nice way to ring in year three, if you ask me. <laughs> Toddler Tim. <laughs> Yeah, was happy about it at the time. Continue to be happy about it. All right, so let me tell you about this movie, Tim. Uh, for the, I've got a lot of notes here. Okay, I'm not going to go through all the notes because you, you, this happened with you in books, the podcast, this project we're a part of mm-hmm. uh, that we're attached to, <laughs> currently attached to. Uh, whenever book or movie, whenever I'm starting out taking notes i'm taking too many notes yeah exactly and then you miss you miss the forest for the trees man right and then it's also you know i I, my first note here starts with a boy named barf bag which is from the book yeah i'm like why am i writing this down i know this from the book you know about barf bag i know about barf bag do they show barf bag yeah they show him Oh, he's not in the book. You just hear about him. When... No, this you see him. So the book starts with Stanley with the shoes, right? No, eh, the book is kind of like him introducing himself. Well, not him introducing, like they're introducing the character. That, no, yeah, it's that's... him getting there. It's him It's him oh, okay. going. Okay, then that is what so the movie's Barf like. So Barfbag's gone at that point. I think in this, they like cross each other. Like as uh, Barfbag's on his way out, he's on his way uh, out. Because I know uh, Stanley in the book is just like, well, what happened to Barfbeck? Did he die? Right. Yeah. Um, Did he barf himself to death finally? Now let's talk about this cast because I had no idea this cast was as star-studded as it is. Yeah. I knew, of course, that Shia LaBeouf plays Stanley Yells Nat. Yeah. Yells Stan? Yells Nat. Yell, Yell Nats. Yell Nats. Uh, what's your current opinion about Shia LaBeouf? Um, after seeing him at the Oscars this past week. Oh, was he? I didn't see him in any of the reaction I shots or something. love him. Why? He what did he do? He came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a presenter? 
he was a presenter with his co-star from the Peanut Butter oh, Falcon. Oh yeah, yeah, I did see that part. Who is I, I believe has Down, Down syndrome, syndrome, yeah, and was like very visibly nervous, right? Um, and he yeah, a tough situation for anybody. Yeah, and he and uh, Shia LaBeouf was so supportive without yeah. being condescending, right? Very patient or mugging or yeah. anything like. He, it was like the most grown up I've ever seen anybody on stage just being like, hey, you know what? Uh, this is, uh, we're, we're going to be supportive here and this guy's going to do a great job. And yeah. like, uh, it really, it, <laughs> it brought a tear to my eye being like, I bet these guys are friends in real life. Wow. You know, they always say that uh, co-stars are friends in real life, but they're mm-hmm. always faking it. You don't think Brad Pitt and Leo DeCap are friends in real life? I feel like Brad Pitt kind of, at least 20% of Brad Pitt, thinks Leo's kind of bullshit. Uh, Brad Pitt thinks everybody's bullshit. Yeah, but like, you know how, you know, Brad and Jen, they're going to get back together? Oh, Tim, don't get your hopes up. I'm going to get my hopes Uh. up. But you know, Jen Aniston's around. Brad Pitt's like, you know, look, don't worry about me. I'm not hanging out with that scumbag like trolling for 21 year olds like right that's not me you know me pure pure old <laughs> bread right. pure old bradley sam i'm gonna need to see your vision board <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna need to make sure that uh it's not exclusively uh brad and jen stuff on i there think right i now. think i think those two are i think they got a future together i read an article that said uh no like they're they're friendly they but there there's no uh that he called her after she uh and Justin Thoreau got a divorce uh-huh. to offer some support. Right. But that was it. You know, they're they're just friends. Yeah, what does this article know, Tom? Nothing. I think it was People magazine and People who are magazine. they? People. Mm. But People Magazine has never gotten anything wrong as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, so Shia LaBeouf, we're currently pro Shia LaBeouf. Are you pro Buff? Yeah, like when he did that um, uh, art project, You'll Not Divide Us, yeah. what was that? It, it was called that, right? Yeah. Something, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was like a little, like, all right. You know what I didn't like about that? What? It was staged near my house, <laughs> near my home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like in the parking lot, right? Yeah, and it uh, attracted a lot of white nationalists to come and mess things up. Right. And so it just brought a lot of white nationalists. It served as a magnet in my neighborhood uh, for (laughs) for white nationalists. Yeah, and then those people, you know, they're going to, you know, go to your local Little Caesars just like everybody else. (laughs) Yeah, and the the line was longer at Little Caesars. (laughs) That was your only problem. No, I just didn't like the idea of having something like a lightning rod for the worst people on earth in my my neighborhood. But I I appreciated the, the sentiment. The sentiment. I did at the time feel like he was doing it for attention. Yeah. But I do think he's just kind of a guy who like uh grew up in the business. Right. And and I don't really I don't think I've ever really seen him in anything. So I don't have any kind of emotional attachment to him mm-hmm. or any nostalgic attachment to right. him. Right. But I think he's a guy that grew up in the business and probably had it probably realized it made him crazy or made yeah. his view of the world skewed. So now he's trying to either to like hybrid like do penance for participating in that that like uh system that's uh-huh. that's uh, you know causing negative things and also uh to to put good into the world in some way. Do you think uh he would refer to himself in the past as having been a scoundrel? Yeah, much like uh you love Joaquin Phoenix. Uh-huh. I don't. I'm interested by him. I don't know if I. Lo- I definitely don't love him. Ever since signs, you've been <laughs> pro Joaquin. Yeah, not pro Joaquin. I think he's a he's an interesting actor to watch. Yeah. I thought he got unnecessary shit for that speech. Like what he yeah. said wasn't wrong. Yeah. So, like I'm not a vegetarian, but like yeah, mm-hmm. we do horrible things to animals. It's not going to change my behavior, but it's going to make me feel bad. Yeah. Um, 
My problem with Shia LaBeouf's art project, the the You Will Not Divide Us uh, thing, was that it was uh, predicated on the idea of like, this is going to run the entire four years of this guy's term. Mm. But that was obviously not thought out. It was not uh, produced in such a way that they could make that possible no matter what. Yeah, but sometimes you just got to go for it, man. Then they change it to just like a camera on a flag, but then people found out where the flag was based on planes going by, which is, you know, pretty interesting. Yeah, but like whoever had time for that cares. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf, he's he's the first big star. Big star number two, Henry Winkler plays uh, uh, Stanley Sr., what the hell? I don't even see him. Is he uncredited? No, I think he, he just might be buried in the cast there. They might. Have, it was before the Winkler Renaissance. The Winkler Sons. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Henrissance. <laughs> Henrissance. Henrissance. Um, it was right around uh, Arrested Development time, though. Yeah, but that was when Arrested Development was way under the radar yeah. still. Uh, you know, it's what led to Arrested Development getting canceled. Yes. Uh, but Henry Winkler pops up as his All right. dad. Uh, and that was that was fun to see. Um, Mr. Sir, played by prominent Hollywood conservative John Voight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and dad of Angelina Jolie. Va, 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 Right. Now, and, we hate it. We're anti-Jolie, right? Oh, well, if you're pro- Pro Brad, you got to be anti Angelina. Yeah. Angelina. <laughs> eh, I don't know. She seems and fine. Prad. She seems nice enough. I'm Prad and Angelina. <laughs> um also popping up as uh as uh with Pengrass uh uh Tim Blake Nelson. Love Tim Blake Nelson. You love to see him. Tim, you got to Tim you you got to see Watchmen so you can see Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah. I just like, I mean, before that. He plays Looking Glass. But that was one of the things in Watchmen, like when they started rolling out the cast and they were like, Tim Blake Nelson. It's like, this guy's great. Yeah. yeah. I'm in. He, he's not in bad things for the mo- that I can recall. Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. <laughs> All right. He's occasionally in bad things. But the bad things he's in, you don't see. They yeah. fly under the radar. You know what movie he was pretty good in? What? The Good Girl, starring Jen Aniston. I don't think I've ever seen it. Jen Aniston. John C. Riley. Yeah. she She's uh, like a supermarket cashier, right? Mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal, Mike I, White. I think I got that through Netflix and and paid for the missing disc. Ah, uh, what the hell? And, and never actually watched it. Um, other big stars in it playing Kate Barlow, Patricia Arquette. Love Patricia Arquette. Yep. And most pro- top build in the in the movie playing the warden herself, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney yeah. Weaver. Tim, I am a Sigourney Weaver stan. A, sc- a Sigourney scan. <laughs> I am a Stan uh-huh. Gorney. I was... Here's the thing. Sigourney Weaver. Very famous, right? Uh-huh. Tell me something about Sigourney Weaver's personal life. Ooh. She's an enigma. Wow. Nobody knows shit about Sigourney Weaver. I know that she's... A famous Hollywood badass. Right. But is she like that in real life? Mm-hmm. No idea. No, I, it boggles my mind. There is seemingly no interest in Sigourney Weaver's personal life. So I did some digging. <laughs> uh, no, I did a little bit of digging uh, just because I was curious. Let me let me. Uh, I did not know. So speaking of Hollywood families, Sigourney comes from a Hollywood family. Really? Her mother was an actress, and her father was a uh, TV producer. Wow. Where do you think Sigourney Weaver was born? Hollywood. She has kind of like an accent, right? Like nah, an unplaceable she's accent? she's a Hollywood lady. She was born in Manhattan, New York, Tim. Wow. The next borough over. <clears throat> yeah, okay. I buy it. Not only were her mom and her dad uh, uh, in the biz... Her uncle was the famous famous comedian Noodles Weaver. Oh, Noodles Weaver? Yeah. Hmm. Should have known from the last name. 
Also, guess what? I had a watch with Noodles Weaver's face on it. <laughs> Sigourney is not her name. What is it? Susan. Is Sigourney a name? Sigour- it is, and guess where she got it? The Bible. The Great Gatsby. Ah. There's a character in a chapter of The Great Gatsby named Sigourney. Oh, I remember from when I read it. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I like that. That's yeah. better than Susan Weaver. I'm going to yeah. be Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Wow. A Crazy. Great, a great lady. She's been married for, uh, I don't know, over 30 years. She's got a daughter that's 30 years old. Now. Okay. Yeah. And Who's that's all we to? know. Who's she Some guy. I think he, no, I think he's like a painter. Shit, I should have looked it up. No, a, a, a play director. Ah. Yeah, a play director. Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> he's too young for her. She's going to be 70 this year. Wow. And she looks great. We love her. I love Sigourney. Whenever Sigourney Weaver pops up, she seems like she doesn't have to work, right? No, she doesn't She just work. like shows up in things randomly. Mm-hmm. But she's never shown up in something that I haven't been delighted to see her in, including uh, this movie. What about uh, Avatars 2 through 5? I can't wait. That's the only thing that's going to bring me to the theater. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver Is smoking he... a cigarette. Did she smoke a cigarette in the first Avatar? That, I never saw Avatar. All I know is that Sigourney Weaver was sitting in a room smoking a cigarette for the whole movie. That's not cigarettes. true. <laughs> That's not what that movie <laughs> Because she inhabits like uh, one of the avatars. She runs around. There's an avatar that looks like Sigourney Weaver in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sigourney Weaver's doing a southern accent in this, but every once in a while it loses the accent. She just sounds like Sigourney Weaver. That's cool. Which is what made me think like Sigourney Weaver kind of has an accent. She has a, a, a way of talking. Hmm. God, I love Sigourney Weaver. Me too. All right, so wait, uh, hold on. Can we can we cover a couple other people from the cast? Sure. Uh, Those were the names I recognize. Clyde Sweetfeet Livingston. I forgot to mention that NBA star Rick Fox. What's Rick Fox's deal? What do you mean? Like he's one of these guys. Like when I worked in uh, in uh, like web video. Like Rick Fox was just always around. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's what like one doing. of the and like now he's into like esports. I think he's like an investor in an esports uh, team. Yeah, he's just a guy. He's like a plugged in guy. Yeah, but I don't remember him playing playing basketball. He was all right. Who did he play for? I don't know the Bulls. Maybe no, he didn't play for the Bulls. <laughs> You're thinking of Michael Jordan. <laughs> Yeah, right? Who are we talking about? I don't know. All I know is like when I was working in web video, it was the like- The Celtics and the Lakers. It was like, who's this big tall guy all the time? That was me. And they're like, that's Rick Fox. He mm-hmm. played, he was an NBA player. And I'm like, I don't remember. I was not a big NBA fan, but I were, But it was, the idea was like, he's famous enough that you should know him. But in this movie, he plays a baseball player. Were you like, oh, I recognize him from an episode of Party Down. Yeah, he was in part. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's very plugged into Hollywood. Yeah. And then, as... Uh, Considering his his uh, notoriety as a basketball player, he he's in a lot... He, he's gone beyond what I would think was possible. Yeah. Well, don't pigeonhole people, Tom. I'm not pigeonholing. I'm just saying, like, he would always pop up in things like, oh, there's, like, a big celebrity cameo. And I'm like, no, it's not. I don't know this guy. He seems, like, yeah, he seems like somebody who's, like, famous for being the famous guy. Right. Like, doing a cameo. Yeah. But he also has a personality that seems, like, um, like fake charming. Yeah. Like, like, like a sociopath. Like OJ. Yeah, right? Doesn't yeah. he come off pretty OJ-ish in his yeah? He's like, like a smarminess? little, a little too slick, a little yeah. too like polished and yeah. nice. Where it's like, oh, you're hiding something. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Madame Zeroni. <laughs> Not to slander the man and imply he's a murderer. <laughs> yeah, I just thought he was smarmy, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I just think maybe like I don't know. He's he's got some shady investment deals. Um. This is why it's behind a paywall, and we've made every one of these listeners sign an NDA. Don't, you are not allowed to tell Rick we Fox. Will, we will ruin you if this Rick Fox uh, information gets out yeah. there. 
if, if, if these allegations we've made about Rick Fox ever get traced back to us, we we're going to bankrupt each and every one yeah, of you. We could go to jail for saying this. Yeah. Uh, people can go to jail for leaking this. <laughs> it's true. You'll get longer sentences. Yeah. Uh, Madam Zeroni. Oh, Eartha Kitt. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot. Eartha I had that Kitt. in here, too. Yeah. yeah. Always nice to see her. Well, she can't pop up in things anymore, but it was nice seeing her pop up in things. They can do... Is it worth it? No. <laughs> Guess not. Um, uh, so uh, one of the first changes I noticed, in the book, how deep are the holes they have to dig? Five feet. Oh, I thought they were six feet. No, because the, the shovel is five feet. Yeah, in the movie, they're five feet. I thought they had changed. You think Louis Sackar doesn't know that? He wrote the dang book. No, I but he's I, gonna forget how I thought it was six movie. feet, and then they changed it to five for the movie because they were like, well, how are these kids going to climb out of six feet, six uh, foot holes? You know, they're, they're uh, yeah. buried over their head. Yeah, you think uh, an author wouldn't think of that? No, but like, you know, in the theater of the mind, you're maybe not. Yeah, you know, you're imagining these kids maybe being a little more nimble than they are. Yeah, I guess. And in the movie, you know, they, they've actually got to climb out of the holes. Yeah. And, and it's not easy sometimes. We could use movie magic. Um. Uh, so let me say this. The, the movie's incredibly close to the book. Okay. Written by the same guy. Right. Uh, they like change a few things a little bit to like make the sh- story, I guess, you know, like a little bit quicker, but really not all that much. Uh, the lizards. Okay. The lizards in this movie for the first like three quarters of the movie, at least are CGI and they look terrible. CGI. I will say this uh-huh. aesthetically, the early two thousands, the worst period for film. Oh, yeah. For film and television. Just if you look at that stuff now, it's all it bad like CG shit. and bad digital video. Yeah. Like this was probably, this might have been shot on film, right? But like. Yeah, th- this would have been film, I'm Watch sure. an episode from the first season of Arrested Development uh-huh. and tell me that it isn't the trashiest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> Just because it's like low uh, visual quality. Yeah, just the the aesthetics of the the transition to doing things, doing everything kind of digitally. Right, was was just ugly and. Yeah, I I was uh, uh, watching something about that recently. It's probably that uh, technology connections YouTube channel that I always talk about, uh, where uh, they were talking about. Uh, how there's going to be this like weird 15 year period in history of like, Oh, everything looked like shit. Yeah. (laughs) Because there, you know, before then everything was film and film. We're only now getting to the point where we can capture it digitally and, and get just about everything. Yeah. Uh, where, where it actually was it, who was, who was, who was, was it Jim, Jim Cameron was telling everybody that digital was just as good. Who was bringing uh, people George in? Lucas. Yeah. It was Lucas because he shot episode one on- uh, He's like, see, look, it looks great, everybody. And everybody's like, Ooh. And the thing that's insane is that that movie was shot at like below 720p resolution. So it's like, oh, that, it can't, I guess they can use like AI upscaling and whatever. But otherwise it's like, oh no, that's the, the original print- is at a shittier resolution than you would accept from your phone recording nowadays. Yeah. Uh, so there's really only so much we can do with it. Whereas 35 millimeter film, they can go back now and be like, oh, we have all these new ways. Let's go back to the negative. And of course, those negatives are great. There's positives and minuses. But there's going to be this long period, not long, decade and a half, and this, you know, this yeah, this movie so we starts to fall into it. Yeah. yeah, where people moved to digital before digital was really ready. Yeah. Or they incorporated a lot of CG yeah. you know, before it was ready. So and- I feel like this was an, uh, a real ugly uh, like test case of when they start. So nowadays, we all know 
that they use CG for shit that you would have never guessed with CG, where it's like, ah, uh, you know, that building is ugly or whatever. We'll use CG to get rid of it. There's not enough people in the town, so we'll, we'll just put people. Did you see that video? How they did the CG in Parasite? No. Oh, I got to watch that. That house that they built? Yeah, it's a set. I know. It's I read that. It's a set, mm-hmm. and it's not even like a fully built set. Right. Like every time you see it, that's mm-hmm. CG. It's it's incredible. Okay, I got to watch yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, so that, you know, it's- It's, suppo- it's supposed Paras- to be seamless instead right. of- Parasite is not a sci-fi movie where you're expecting, you know, Star Wars level special effects. Yeah, it, it's, it's meant to make a seamless. It's not meant to like- create the impossible right before your eyes it's supposed to like you know they're using it a lot now to make things to make production easier yeah Yeah, make things realistic that maybe they couldn't have before but this i feel like was when they started thinking like oh we can start doing that these lizards look like shit like they don't have shadows under them when they're running around and then like the last 10 minutes of the movie when when they're all on uh stanley and zero Mm -hmm that's the first time they use real lizards and they just use, you know, like regular, I don't know, lizards you get at the, yeah, that you get the, the Geico gecko. Do you think he was there? (laughs) No, they were big, you know, but they were like iguanas. Mm. I think they were like iguanas. Oh, okay. And they painted them. And according to IMDb trivia, they were painted with like a, a children's finger paint, (laughs) non-toxic, non-toxic finger paint. But that's the first time. That they use real lizards, and it's like, oh, that looks ten thousand times better. Yeah. Why weren't you doing that the entire time? What were what were the lizards doing earlier that maybe they? I mean, there are a few scenes. Did it ever, did it ever have to wink at the camera? No, but like they show it bite Kate Barlow, and it's like, oh, I get like you can't yeah. get a real iguana to bite somebody. Yeah. Sure, for that quick shot, UCG. Yeah. But there are just like a few shots of them just like around or running, and it's like, no, just have somebody off camera blow wind at the, and it'll run. Don't use CG. It just looked like shit. Uh, I believe that was no. There was some other bad CG. Maybe it's in my notes. Uh, oh yeah, when uh, oh when they get up to um, uh, God's thumb mm-hmm. and there's like water, that CG for some reason, and it the, looks the rock, the water, the water. It looks like Nintendo sixty four water. Why would they do that? <laughs> I have again, I have no idea why, because it wasn't even that big of an area, and it was like very obviously a set when they when they like it switched from an exterior to like, oh, this is a set. Yeah, which but, is kind of cool. Yeah, I don't mind that in the movie when it's like, oh, now we're on a set. Yeah, and it's understandable. Yeah, but then they CG'd the water in. When it's like, well, no, just. Ah, go get some water. Build a little tank. Nobody's like really getting in the water, so you don't need. You need a few little puddles. Yeah. Why are you CGIing this? Uh, uh, the Onion Man. Did you get this impression in the book when we first meet the Onion Man? Uh, what's his actual name? Do you remember? Mm. The Onion Salesman. Is he supposed to be like a uh, like a snake oil salesman? Kind of. Because that's why I didn't get two. It stuck out a little bit more in the book, uh, in the movie, which also, by the way, that's where Lewis Sackler has his cameo. Mm. Uh, he's one of the Onion Man's uh, potential customers. But he's like hawking it like a, you know. The, I yeah, didn't yes, go too sir, much into it. will solve all your problems. It's like, well, wouldn't. Look, onion juice isn't going to solve everybody's problems, and eventually people are going to be like, this guy's full of shit, and run him out of town. No. Uh, but everybody loved him. I didn't him. get too much into it. Everybody loved him, and yeah. he was kind of like a snake oil salesman, but it was kind of like people would go to the doctor, and they'd get the thing oh, from okay. the onion man. So and the like, onion, who knows what worked. And the onion man was well-liked, because, and uh, they were just like, uh, you know, yeah, you oh, you seem... did both, so you don't know what. Right. And then they said- uh, Remember when I said, when I told you, and I'm not sure if this is in the movie, but he's like, it even cures baldness. And Yeah, then that's the, what he says to Lewis Sackler. And, and the doctor in town, they said, his even though he was competing, quote unquote, right. with the onion man, his, his bald head smelled of onion. 
Oh, I see. Yes. So it's like, well, he's yeah, got him even on the he line. has his doubts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he he came off as very uh, charismatic and not like uh, uh, not too slimy, but it was right. still like a snake oil salesman type pitch. Yeah. But maybe that's just the way everything was back then. Uh, I think it just they were just trying to make an entertaining character. Uh, next on my from the twisted mind of Lewis Sack. <laughs> on my notes is uh, scorpions are scary. There's a little scene with a scorpion. I'm and, not afraid of scorpions. Tim, if there was a scorpion right now in the room, you'd be terrified. Not at all. Why not? Because they can sting you. I know, but I'm so and much got bigger. Claws. Not the, well if it's a big one. What if I just crushed it? How would you do that if it stings you? I wouldn't let it sting me. It just a scorpion it stung my grandma once. Really? Yeah, in Arizona, she lift. She was, uh, you know, doing the dishes and lift up a lift up a towel, and a scorpion was hiding under there and <laughs> stung her. Sorry, she wasn't quick enough. Her hand blew up like a goddamn balloon. Yikes! Uh, next on my list uh, doesn't seem that scary. <laughs> PG movies should be allowed to say shit. Yeah, they used to be able to. Right? This yeah. is the first PG movie. I, I, they don't make PG movies anymore, right? Everything's either so. G or PG-13. Yeah, because you want to know what happened. All the <laughs> stuff that used to be made for kids. Right. That would be like PG. <laughs> right. They're marketing towards you and the other 38-year-olds because it's like, hey, yeah, no, it's superheroes, but. Yeah. We well, some are even on. R-rated. Yeah. But uh, you know they've they've still got like the Disney movies and stuff that are G rated. I just feel like PG that has to be the 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 smallest number of movies being put out now. Yeah. Yeah. So they should be able to say shit. Um, uh, Zero is gonna kill a guy with a like a eight ball from the pool table. Yeah. That happened in the book, right? I think so. Yeah. What is an eight ball of drugs? Um, cocaine. But like, what? An eighth? An eighth of a mm. gram of cocaine? Maybe. Makes you wonder, huh? Yeah, it does. I don't know anything about And what's about the difference drugs? between an eight ball and a speed ball? Speed ball's bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I know. <laughs> you, would, you would not cut it as a drug dealer. No, right? I wouldn't. I don't you know if, anything if about any drugs. If any customers had some, pr- had some questions, what's the difference? Oh, well, one's bad. Yeah, I mean, speedball is a mix, I believe, yeah. of like meth and like heroin. Maybe it's like an upper and a downer, or maybe it's coke two uppers. And heroin? It might be coke and meth. Why didn't you look this up if you were going to ask? Because I was going to ask you. I don't have that in my you notes. You think I have this drugs all, knowledge? All I had in my notes is was an eight ball. Hmm. Uh, uh, what is a speedball? <laughs> Um, and now I'm not talking about the one hit wonder band. Okay, a mixture of cocaine with heroin or morphine. That's what I guessed. No, you said meth and I, heroin. But earlier I said heroin and cocaine. Or you did. Somebody <laughs> said it. <laughs> now what's an eight ball? What is And an I'm not talking about a magic ball. one of drugs. Put of drugs in there so it knows. What is an eight ball drugs? <laughs> of drugs. An eighth of an ounce. Oh, okay. Uh, of Coke. Oh, okay. So you can't get like an eight ball of weed. It says most commonly referring to Coke. Right. I don't think anybody has ever said an eight ball of weed. Because yeah, I've know hung around say? a lot of stoners. You know what they say? Uh, let me get a dime bag. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> dime bag Daryl. R.I.P. What a bad <clears throat> name. Heroin is also commonly sold in an eight ball. Oh, yeah. I know that. Uh, after Shia LaBeouf, Stanley, uh, like, you know, figures things out and gets, like, uh, Zero doing his work, he mm-hmm. becomes very confident, and I don't like him when he gets confident in the movie. Well, in the book, he starts off as a husky boy. Uh-huh. And this is probably, number one, problematic, and number two, uh, not playing to Shia LaBeouf's right. strengths physical, or physical... Uh, um, but he becomes more confident because he he gets stronger and loses some weight oh, as okay. he's doing it. No, in this he just becomes kind of like that confident of like, hey dog, whatever. Like he gets uh, like that relaxed confidence, yeah. which you hate to see. <laughs> I don't like it all. 
I was oh. considering watching this movie, but I don't want to see Shia LaBeouf playing that and playing like a confident, relaxed thirteen year old that's like, hey, not man, liking whatever. Uh, also, he's sentenced to eighteen months. Yeah, that's a long sentence. Yeah, Jesus well, he Christ. stole sneakers from a freaking Who gives charity. A shit. Um, <laughs> oh, I get uh, in my notes. Uh, there's like tonal whiplash between when he's at the jail camp and like when they go to his home and his dad is, you know, like, uh, you know, freaking uh, uh, the fans. No, who's the guy that made flubber? Robin Williams? No, what's but he's like doctor or something or other. He was originally Jerry Lewis. The Nutty Professor? The Nutty Professor. Oh, like yeah. his dad's like the Nutty Professor. It's not the Nutty Professor, but along those lines. It's like his dad's like the Nutty Professor, and then it's like goes back to like, you know, a Shawshank Redemption it, jail it, story. Wait, hold on. But the man who invented Flubber, you're <laughs> saying, was not... The Nutty Professor. No, I think he was that you mentioned it. But you're saying that he was a different <laughs> guy, but that we just don't know what his name is. Not that it's like a commonly known. Yeah. It, like a, to, let me it's not Dr. Doolittle. No, he. Uh, but I don't I think it's a, just Doolittle. I don't think it's the Nutty Professor because the Nutty Professor came out not long after Flubber. It would have been too too early for a Flubber reboot. Who? <laughs> it's just gonna Flubber. Flubber. It's just gonna say Robin Williams. Flubber film. Um, previously directed. The plot. Profe- professor Philip Brainerd. Now is he some kind of a nutty professor? Um, no, I don't think so. He was of Medfield College. All right, so it's kind of like the nutty professor, though. Whenever it goes back to uh, Henry Winkler, like you know, he's got like a lab with like bubbling things. Yeah, that's cool. It just feels like a different movie when it okay. goes back to him. Um, well, it's for kids. All the holes that they dig, very uniform in size. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Would you dig it one inch more than you had to? No, but they're just like very circular. Yeah, of course. What do you mean, of course? It's hard to do. No, because it's got to be, they measure it with their, in Shovels. a circuit. Well, circu- look, Tim, I'm not trying to take anything away from these boys. They uh, it, It's harder and than it looks. And they're doing it day in and day out for months. They're going to get good at it, Tom. They play down in this movie, and I think in the book, the dangers of dehydration, and I don't like it. Yeah, I'll agree. <laughs> like when he doesn't get water, you know, when, uh, when Mr. Sir just like pours the water yeah. out. Like it's very visceral, I think, because you're seeing the desert. It's like, Oh, he's going to like pass out in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to get heat stroke very quickly. Who plays Mr. Sir again? John Voight. All right. Oh, God. I would hate him so much in this movie. He's got like a, a little mustache. Oh, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not cool. Like, he does a very good job playing like a villain. Like, yeah. you immediately don't like him. He is a villain. <laughs> uh, who would be, who would I prefer to see in that role? I didn't picture him to be him being that old. Voight I mean, this was, age. you know, almost 20 years ago. That's so it was true. younger John Voight. Um, I, I pictured him being like late 40s, though. Mm, he's not too far off from that in this movie, I think. He's like early 50s, mid really? 50s. Yeah. I mean, how old is he now? S- mid 70s? How old is John Voight? Are you asking me? <laughs> how old? How old is John? How old is John Voight? Voight. 81. He's 81. Now. All right. So, yeah, he was, he was 60. 63. Yeah, all right. He looks great, though. Uh, when they're climbing up to God's Thumb, it's a CGI cliff in some shots for some reason. Mm, Again, looks it looks like shit. Yeah, it looks like shit. Um, uh, when they're climbing, he asks, I don't know if this is in the book, but he asks, uh, uh, zero. He's like, "Hey, what are you thinking about?" He's like, "Man, I'm thinking about Tasty Freeze." And he goes, "You're thinking about Tasty Freeze? I'm thinking about Kate Barlow in a bikini." <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's just like a real like. Why are you thinking about? It's like because he's dying of dehydration in the desert. But why are wait, you thinking about? How do they about, know Kate Bar? What Kate Barlow looks like, like? Exactly. They've just heard like she was beautiful, and he's thinking about her in bikini. It's and like who they, plays her? Uh, Patricia Arquette. All 
All right. But it's like, well, he doesn't know she looks like Patricia Arquette, and also they didn't have bikinis back then. Mm. But they did in Holes time. Much different uh, standards of hygiene, I would say, uh, probably as well. What is that supposed to mean? I'm saying if he got a whiff of Cape Barlow in real life, you would be Especially with like, all those onions. Yeah. Like, th- this woman smells like onions, B.O., and horse shit. I mean, it was like, <laughs> you know, 1900. It wasn't... Uh, no, I thought it was like 1860. Um, It was 110 years before. Okay. So, like, 1893. Yeah. Uh, there's weird bad slow motion like that that why would they ever use slow motion in a movie unless you're Wes Anderson and like you do the thing where like you run the film at double speed or whatever they don't do that they they you know it's shot at 24 frames per second but they're showing you know 12 frames per second and it's choppy and it's just crap yeah they do it like when you think zero's dying like they, it goes into choppy slow motion. And it just looks like shit once again. C- <coughs> CGI water. Um, oh, when they're eating the onions, like they both like bite on the onions without like brushing any of the dirt off it. Yeah, it's well, like, they're hungry. The dirt off it. No, the dirt has nutrients. Also, according to the IMDb trivia. They were in fact apples with fake onion covers. Nice. No, eat the onions. Me and you eat onions raw. We like it. Yeah. <laughs> LaBeouf wasn't method at this point. <sighs> yeah. He would be later in his career. Like he would, nowadays he would oh, insist he'd, on he'd eating. He'd be like, I, I want to have an all onion diet before yeah. the scene. Uh, they they flashbacks, you know, Zero confesses that he stole the shoes. Uh in the movie, because you're seeing everything, it really drives home like, why did he put cleats on? <laughs> like, that's just silly. And then he says uh, he was busted at a pay less the next day. Mm-hmm. They said that in the book. Uh, product placement. Gross product placement. <laughs> There's a lot of... Uh, the So the IMDb goof section must have like 300 continuity errors in the movie. Really? Yeah, I I didn't even, because so many of them are like in this shot and then in this shot. This man directed The Fugitive. (laughs) I mean, there are continuity. How's he getting shit wrong? There were continuity errors, but who cares? In The Fugitive? No, no, in this. I'm sure there were continuity errors in The Fugitive. We'll see about that. Let me uh, go to The Fugitive. (laughs) (laughs) Under continuity errors, none. Uh, Not Patrick Fugit, the fugitive. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Oh, but it, one of the continuity errors, which was a story era error, um, which did make me think. So zero stole the shoes, right? Mm-hmm. He throws them over the bridge. Oh well, he put them on top of a car in the book. Oh. And then the the car drives presumably over the bridge and it falls off. Okay. Uh, In the movie, he throws him over the bridge. But still, Zero gets rid of the shoes. They immediately go. They're looking for them. They immediately wind up in Stanley's lap. He gets blamed for it. Right. How then, when Stanley goes to jail, Zero's already been there for a while. Zero's already been there for a while? Yeah. Oh, because the trial t- the trial was delayed because of baseball season. Because uh, what's his face? Rick Fox wanted so badly to oh attend uh, the testify trial against him. Okay, well, it's uh, not in the movie. Oh, in the book, it is, that actually is explained. Okay, maybe it is in the movie, and this continuity error was wrong. Listen to this: Richard Kimball has a standoff at the end of a tunnel <laughs> with U.S. Marshal Samuel Gerard. Right? Uh huh. He then jumps. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. Exactly. He then jumps from the tunnel on the dam's face into the water below. In the exterior shots of the dam afterwards, it is clear that there are no tunnels coming through the face of the dam. How do you know it's not clear? Maybe it's just not high high enough resolution. That's a continuity error in yeah. the mo- in uh, the most <laughs> iconic part. Right. Well, because it's so iconic, you're not paying attention to those kinds of details. You're going, oh, damn. Yeah. He he jumped down the dam. Um, Richard's clothes remain dry after he has jumped into the dam. What? <laughs> no, they aren't. <laughs> that, he, gets, he climbs out of the river. If IMDb is to be trusted. Uh, 
Also, uh, my my final There's notes There's a ton here. of continuity errors in the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a bunch of scenes in the movie that have like bad improv. Oh, really? Where like, it's just very obvious that there aren't lines written for them. And it was just like, oh, just, just say something like as the lawyers, like, uh, approaching the hole where, where the two kids are with the lizards all over them, uh-huh. like the lawyer and, uh, uh, Tim Blake Nelson, they're talking and it's obvious, like nobody gave them lines and she's just like, what? Well, I I told you that I was coming here. Well, well, you, I didn't know. That's funny because in the book, I think it's just straight dialogue, right? And yeah, just use the dialogue from the book. There's a few times where it happens where it's like, why didn't you just use the dialogue from the book? Do you think Lewis Sacker was doing like, this from memory, and he's just like, damn it, I left the book at home. I think it was just the- not in the script. Yeah, but why and not write it into the script? I because he, I don't believe he's a screenwriter. But he knows that you have to write dialogue when people need to yeah, say words. No, but they're all. It's all parts where like somebody's approaching a scene or whatever. Okay. So I could see him not being a screenwriter and not realizing like, oh, we need to hear the conversation that's happening. I feel like that's a director responsibility if you're gonna do that they he should have written something for them on the day yeah but it seems like he didn't or worked something out right work out some shtick and it seemed like he just told them like hey just just, you know just improvise what you're talking about on the way up here i feel like tim blake nelson should have been better at that he wasn't bad but the the lawyer was like she just seemed kind of caught off guard by it um, they should have done a second take. And there are a few Didn't scenes. This whole movie just one take. <laughs> it seems that way. And there are a few scenes with the kids where it's like that too, where they obviously mm-hmm. were like, just improvise a conversation, I mean, and the kids are like, "Hey, man, this is real cool." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of wanted to watch this movie. Then I remembered it's just going to be a bunch of child actors, and there's nothing I hate more than watching. Yeah, except for. My man, Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> um, at the end of the story, it's a weird kind of like like everybody just is rich at the end. Yeah, and it's like, well, that's the 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 moral of the story. Uh, do they become friends with Rick Fox at the end? Of, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. He's at, he does a commercial for right, the, and for they're Henry watching Winkler's. it at the party. It's a Super Bowl commercial in the book. I'm uh, sure it's the, not yeah, in the movie. Yeah. The big game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, I forget if I brought this up last week, but the sploosh is just Yuck. the 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 peaches. Yeah. So he didn't invent shit. Oh, wait. I mean, how would he invent that? How would he have known? But his he's been working on inventing uh. this stuff the whole time. And then presumably, young Stanley's like, oh, I found this stuff. And he's like, oh, Eureka, this works. In the words of former President Barack Obama, uh, you didn't invent that. Remember when he, when he said that? He said, you didn't build that. You didn't build that? And he uh, was talking about the great businessmen of America didn't build their businesses. He he took credit for building all the businesses. He said, IBM? Well, I invented IBM. <laughs> Big Blue, that's me. Uh, that's what they called me in college. You didn't build that? Uh, that was Kate Barlow. She built that. Frankie Muniz almost played uh, Stanley. Oh, that would have sucked. Yeah. Look, I don't know why. I'm anti-Muniz. <laughs> Muniz. He's got uh, him and his wife have a <laughs> like a candle shop in Arizona now. Really? Why I know that. <laughs> 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 it's insane. I should be thrown in jail for knowing that. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I'm glad no, he's doing it's not well. candles. I think it's like spices, something. They have a shop in Arizona. It's his wife's passion, but it seems like he's very into it as yeah, well. Yeah, you know what? I don't know why I'm so down on Muniz. I knew he. I know he had some 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 troubles. I'm not down on any child actor for the most, or yeah. any child actor that's like, "Hey, I don't, I'm not in the spotlight anymore." Great, like, no, I think any child actor deserves society's support. And what about any, uh, any former child actor, Danny Badaducci? Yeah, all right. 
Yeah, he turned into an asshole, but like, <laughs> that's because he was in this David awful Carradine. system. Well, he was murdered by uh, <laughs> David Cassidy or David Carradine? <laughs> Cassidy. David Carradine was murdered by ninjas. Yeah. And yeah, it certainly was not autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> no, well, that's what the ninjas made it look like. Yeah. That's what his family... Uh, what uh, a weird end to that man's life. <sighs> to die of autoerotic asphyxiation and then... <laughs> Your family clumsily tell, say it was ninjas? I think they said it was ninjas that were mad that he disclosed like the secrets of Kung Fu like 40 years ago. Yeah. Or it's like, nah, the, the, the ninjas that were mad at him are dead by now. Like yeah. There's a whole new generation of ninjas... Much like Kung Fu, the next generation, uh, they, you know, and these nin- these new ninjas, they've got open minds. They're not going to kill him, uh, an old man and make it look like he uh, killed himself choking while jerking off. Tom. Oh, and also, uh, like, I don't know. Did you see that he was making the rounds that the, the one of the kids from the Mighty Ducks was uh, arrested for meth? I didn't see that, but I did see recently it was making the rounds that the kid, uh, Jake Lloyd from uh, The Phantom Menace, who played Anakin, uh, I guess is, is had some very serious psychological problems and I think was recently uh, institutionalized. Or, or Yeah, so I think uh, like, everybody deserves yeah. society's support here. Uh, well, and also it's like, eh, you know, I shouldn't know that. You yeah. know, he's not in the public eye anymore. Yeah. He, should, he should be entitled to a private life. But then everybody's still like, oh, I'm going to go out and see this Jacob Tremblay movie. It's right. Like, well, maybe we shouldn't do that. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't support child actors. We should boycott their movies. Yeah. Maybe we should dress uh, adorable little monkeys in human clothes. <laughs> They're the right size. Uh, some, it depends or on the size we put of the, the we put little monkeys in human suits. The thing about the- With robotic faces. Apes in general. And it's probably a good thing. There really aren't any apes that are human-sized. Like yeah. gorillas are bigger than us. Yeah. So there are ones that are bigger. There's no one to one. Ones that are smaller, no one to one, yeah. which I don't know about you, but I thank my lucky stars every day that that's not the case. <laughs> that like you might, that you wouldn't be sitting on the subway one day, <laughs> look to your left and it's a gorilla that's your size. Right. Not, reading a not newspaper. too huge. Yeah. Cause right. like if, if there's a gorilla on the, on the subway, you're going to notice it. As you get in, or when right. the gorilla it's gonna gets be in. like, holy shit! Yeah, I gotta get that, out of here. That that's way too big to be a person. That's yeah. a gorilla. Yeah. But if there's a yeah, if there's some kind of a just like a five foot eleven gorilla walking around, <laughs> right? That's like not too strong. You know, it's yeah. got like a leaner build. But he would be stronger than us. Oh, presumably. of course. Yeah. Just like you know, a chimpanzee can rip your fucking arms off. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, look. I don't want to say I don't want I don't want them walking around my city, right? But that's that's essentially what it boils down to. Look, the the fact that there's not a one to one ape that uh, around nowadays is the only reason they haven't you know uh, you haven't heard any stories about like oh you know an ape was living uh, took over this guy's life and nobody realized it for <laughs> yeah, a while. Exactly, he just wore his clothes. <laughs> right, kept going to work every day. Yeah. his wife had no idea. Yeah. So, yeah, count your lucky stars. That's all I'll say. Should I watch Holes? No, I wouldn't watch okay. it. Okay, good. Uh, can cancel Disney Plus. Okay, I'll tell but you. But every night before I go to bed, I watch the beginning of Pinocchio when they uh, sing When You Wish Upon a Star. <laughs> you sing along with it? Yeah, it's part of my, it's part of my wind-down routine. <laughs> Wake up your wife every night who's already asleep. <laughs> Makes no <laughs> Oh, God, I have work in the morning, Tim. (laughs) All right. Thank you for being a patron. Thanks for listening to Books the Podcast. Hey, keep keep an eye on that old inbox because there's... There should be an email coming in about a vote for my book, for the book I'm going to read. 
Tom, wrote a book? Tom, the expert reader, the best reader. Wow. <laughs> Old eyes, Reynolds. Yeah, probably a lot of people skip the episodes where you're reading because they're like, look, I don't know if this guy's even knowing what all these uh, words mean. But yeah, Tom, he well, looks up the words he doesn't know. Yeah, he doesn't look up what drug quantities he doesn't know. Yeah, I'd rather not know, Tim. That way if the police pick me up and they say, hey, we got you on, uh, we got a witness saying you were selling an eight ball, I'd be like, a what? A billiard ball, sir? Why wouldn't I sell the whole set? See you next week.